Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. I'm Gray with Josh. Hello, Josh. Hey, buddy. We are coming at you on the back of a game that City did not lose to Liverpool. Stunning. And in in they outplayed them. They sure won, and we'll yep. get into that. But uh, I I I'll just start with the uh, statistic that this was the first clean sheet that City kept at Anfield since 1986. Um, half the members of this podcast were not born at that time. The other half would not, I don't believe you would be old enough to, uh, even if you had been paying attention to remember it. Uh, what year was that in 86? 86. Yeah, I would have been, uh, depending on when in 86, I'd have been about four, three or four years old. So we have, we have reached a truly historic plateau here. Definitely, definitely probably wasn't paying attention to much of anything aside from those little things that they put on top of your, like, child stuff that you can play with, you know? And your toys, yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's about explicitly those things that dangle and then, like, a newborn's thing, so that, like... Uh, like the baubles the or whatever you want to call them? Yeah, like the mobiles that are designed to, like, get their brain going and have their hands reaching out and crap. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I will say, before we get into this, I think that we would both agree that, you know, if, if someone from the future comes to you on Friday before this game is played and says, I can offer you one thing, City will keep a clean sheet at Anfield, you're like, I'm taking it, I snap yeah. off at the hand, Not, don't even care what else happens, because that means you don't lose. Um, and they didn't lose. And but you know, in 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 typical city fashion, they managed to make us feel in a in a in a sense rather disappointed anyway. Um, <laughs> so so let's let's start with um. Fearless, dude, they're fearless in that endeavor, man. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's start with um with how city set up to play because it both was and wasn't the their their typical manner of. Of, of play in that yes everything was very much you know they, they they keep the ball possession everything but it was all slow and i got the sense that both teams were more worried about losing than they were winning yeah, and I understand that too, Which, especially sort when you're... of you know, it's not something that you sort of that you really associate with either of these managers, but it is something that you associate with games like this sometimes where mm-hmm. uh for City honestly not losing keep maintains the status quo, puts them atop the table. Um you get you get away from what will probably be the toughest match of their entire season on paper without without t- dropping all three points. Um, and, um, you know, I, th- I think honestly, and I, I know this is going to sound biased, but if I'm Liverpool, I come away much more disappointed than I do if I'm City, because that is your home game against the team that you have made no secret. Club. Yeah. You you've loved them. them mercilessly at this ground and you've made no secret of the fact that you intend to turn them over for the title this season, but you couldn't win that game. Um, and on top of that, it's not just that game, too. If you look at Liverpool's front three, they've not really got going. Like, by this time last year, like, 
Liverpool were already raking in goals, and and it's not to say that Liverpool aren't doing well. They obviously are. You know that the, the the game, uh, if won by either team, would have been good enough for for, for uh, sole possession of first place. Um, so you know Liverpool's outstanding club, but they're having their struggles right now, and haven't won in almost a month now. Wait, in all and, competitions and. A city team, and you pretty much hit the nail on the head with this, Gray. They've beaten them. They've intimidated them. They've physically destroyed their property and then beaten the hell out of them. Like, they've done just about everything you can do short of going the Conor McGregor route and grabbing a dolly and throwing it through their team bus. Like, that's about the only thing Liverpool haven't done. And yet in this game... Pep's, and we'll get into the adopted tactics later on, but Pep changes things up to almost a 4-4-1-1. Um, and uh, uh, you know, Liverpool couldn't really get anything going. They couldn't get anything off. They couldn't get started. And, and <clears throat> I don't know, man. I just I kind of feel like this was a game where City were the better team, and if Riyad Mahrez nails that. I, I think it could have changed sort of the demeanor for Liverpool going forward. Like I, I agree, and that's why, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say it feels like a loss, because it doesn't. No, nowhere close. Uh, you know, we've, we've had games before where, they, you know, they win or they more likely they draw, but it feels like they lost. This isn't one of them, um, but it does feel like a huge missed opportunity. Where, yeah. Um, just because of the way circumstances unfolded in the final five minutes. Um you know, it's especially oh, uh, because there were about three or four other occasions where mm-hmm. City could have had a penalty mm-hmm. shout. They could have, but you know, to get one at Anfield is a minor miracle in itself, right? Um, you and it was a stone, the complete, two. yeah, a complete stone wall that no one could deny, and it had even the Liverpool fans were like, I mean, the fact that they missed it made it easier for them to say so, but even the Liverpool fans weren't denying that it was a penalty, but mm-hmm. um, you know. I will not say that if City had won that game, it would have ended the title race, not by any means. Um, But it would have, I think it would have been a significant psychological blow, as you alluded to, if Liverpool hadn't come away, um, hadn't come away with anything from that match, a home game where they have constantly just tormented this entire club. Um, Especially if they end up going in this uh, runner-up pot, uh, for Champions League, um, they're already eliminated from the Carabao Cup, and you know that they. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying their Champions League uh, campaign is off to a horrible start because you know City had a loss in there yeah. too. So they beat, they beat PSG. They beat PSG very late. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that we both agree, and having gone through this as City fans, um, that when you go a long time without winning a major trophy. You know, that, that first one, in City's case, it was the FA Cup in 2011. That first one goes a long way toward, you know, legitimizing you in your own mind um, and, yeah. and giving you the confidence to go forward. Um, and, and at some point, Liverpool need to get that, that hurdle out of the way because it has been, you know, I, I know they've won FA Cups and League Cups in the interim, but it's been several years, and certainly not in this era of Liverpool. There's kind of a clear dividing line at this point between pre-Klopp Liverpool and, or, or even if you want to go a little further back, pre-Brendan, pre-Brendan Rodgers Liverpool, um, 
where they but if you're Liverpool, I want to ask this question real quick. If you're Liverpool, is anything less than a Premier League title a disappointment? I recognize that there are other pieces of hardware that are out there. Now, if they win Champions League, obviously that's a different story. But domestically, domestically, if they do not win uh, the 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 Premier League title. Disappointment, or hey, they want a another major trophy over here. That's good because to me, actually, go ahead and answer. You, you, you go ahead and answer. Uh, this is a, this is torn. If this is, I'm I'm kind of fall on both sides of the fence here. If they go out, I will. I'll just answer the question first, and then go into what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, it should be a disappointment because the way that they were set up for this season, um, you know. They 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 have not hidden from the fact that they're what where their ambition lies. Right. It's it's not like this is a team. It's like oh maybe we can make something of it. You know it. No, they have made very we clear good enough for a spirited late all run. along that they intend to challenge and win for win the title. And that's great. I love that they're showing that ambition. They should be showing that ambition. If they don't win the Premier League and they win the FA Cup, you can look at it like you know well we won you know. There's that one hurdle out of the way, but you know, it will be it will be painted as okay. Now we're really primed to go and and make a run of it next year. But that should have been this year, and it still is this year. But if they don't win it, they'll it'll be it should have been this year. I mean, this is a team that is fresh off playing in the Champions League final that they could have won if Loris Karius hadn't gone full butterfingers on them. So it's yeah. It's, I mean, I don't, I don't think they were going to win that game either. But you can make the case that they lost three one and let in two very soft goals, and that's enough for a narrative. Um, but you know, you, you say what you want. They played in the Champions League final. They were well poised to contend for the Premier League. They still are contending for the Premier League. Um, and that leaves you in a situation where you know, you. I'm I'm kind of tired, frankly, of teams hiding from their ambitions. Like, you you, you look at. You mean like the Bill Belichick? Like, oh, we're just looking yeah. forward to next week. Well, like, blow me, dude. Good. You're good. Like, I I honestly, you know, I don't really like Liverpool, but I love what Liverpool are doing as a club. Where they're just like, yeah, this is what we're going for. You know, City have made clear for several years. You know that this we expect to win the Premier League every year. It's just like, right. show some ambition. You know, these clubs... Or at they, least show the balls to, to, you know, to suggest that you have the ambition. Like, yeah. your manager come out and I'm, say, I'm like, really hey, this, this trophy is great. This. The FA Cup's great, but our fans and our board didn't spend the kind of money they spent to see us win an FA Cup. Like, I'm really sick and you know? tired of these clubs with the resources to do whatever they want to do in the market sitting here and saying, well, yeah, well, we're going for top four. It's like, yeah, top four should be the bare minimum that you're expecting to get right now. Like, are you Chelsea? Are you kidding me? Every year, Chelsea should expect to be in the top four and expect to be contending for a title. Man United, regardless of whatever their current state is, every year should be expecting to be in the top four and contending for a title. And we're looking at them right now, and they're clearly not contending for a title, and they're clearly just begging for top four at this point. And it's just like, you know, and there are a myriad of issues there that I'm not going to get into on this podcast because it has nothing to do with them. But it, it's, it's, I'm just, 
I'm 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 a bit tired, especially from a city standpoint where we have a club that does show that ambition of all these big these teams that want to think of themselves as big teams and in many ways are big teams just sitting here like, well, you know, we made the top four. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Eh, give me a break. You know, just just give me a break. So in that sense, I applaud Liverpool for, you know, we, we I'm said, encouraged to for stay years and years and years, knows. you know, they're, they're, it's a big club that has the spending power to do what they want, and they went out and they used that spending power, and here they are, and I applaud them for that, honestly, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, there's there's a bit of hypocrisy inherent in it, you know, Klopp said if we're ever spending that kind of money on it, you know, then I'm, you know, then I'm going to retire, and then they went out and spent that kind of money, but that's always going to be that way, and frankly, I don't really care, you know, good for them. More power to them. I hope they don't win, but, you know, more power to them for going for it. So, let's get into this tactically. And I'm just going to... Let's do it, Brutus. I'm, I'm just going to straight up start with the question from our, our dear friend, Presswitch Blue, um, who who we've had on here before as a guest. the thunder on these questions, dude. One um, of the most insightful and humorous follows in the Manchester City world. And I'm not just saying that because he sends in questions. Like, I truly, when I first became a City fan, like, <clears throat> I, I was hoping one day that I would meet people like Prestwich Blue. <laughs> like, this, he's everything you want in, a, in one of your soccer pals, you know? Not afraid to talk shit at the drop of a dime, but also really well-versed on the ta tactics uh, and, and, and such. So, lay it on us. What do we got? It's a very thorough question, as you would expect. So this is this is from Presswitch Blue. It says, Pep adapted his style to a sort of 4-4-1-1 to restrict Liverpool. We got a point as a result and should have had all three. Does that mean? Yeah. Okay. There's 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 there's, there's kind of a two part question. So I'm gonna ask them both, but we'll start with the first one. Does that mean he's found out Klopp and that Liverpool won't be a threat in the medium term? And does it also make Pep a better manager than Klopp? So let's go back to the first one. Um, has Pep Guardiola figured out Jurgen Klopp based on uh, this result in your mind? No. Yeah. Okay. No. I'm, I'm I, with you. I. I, I, I... I don't think either of these – I mean, they know everything there is to know about each other. This is just two great chess legends playing. That's... Eventually – or not eventually. Uh, uh, both guys are going to get the upper hand, you know, on, on various different occasions. That's just how it's going to go. Jurgen Klopp is extraordinarily good at what he does he, he, like Pep, demand a vision of a style of football that they want to play. That suits them. He is very thorough in his application of this ambition. Um, and, and I think that, that City, <clears throat> for their part, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very similar. I, I just... I, I think that Pep looks at Jurgen Klopp. He knows what he's going to try and do. He has to kind of adapt around that to make sure that Gegen Press doesn't, you know, have have dra dramatic results like the last time. And uh, you know, so it's it's always a game of oh, Pep tried that this time. Well, guess what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> so uh, 
I don't think these two will ever have each other figured out, but I'll tell you this, man. I know that they really enjoy one another. They enjoy being in the same league as one another. They enjoy the what they bring to the table as well. You basically summed up my point, which was neither of these two are ever going to get the upper hand on each other. There are going to be moments where one of them has figured out the other, but it's a constantly evolving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always going to be trying to evolve based on what each other has done to them in the most recent matchup. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I'm not criticizing the question because I, I think he, I think, I think Presswich Blue knows this. Um, but, but it, it's a very good question. I don't, I don't think either of them will ever find, find out the other. Um, be, just because they're both, they both have their basic philosophy, but there is, a willingness to tweak and evolve based on the needs of, of, of what each fixture demands. And this is a fixture that demands immense amounts from both of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I, I don't, I don't know if, if Klopp was expecting that. I don't, I get, I get the sense that he expected something, maybe not that. Cause you know, Pep couldn't send them out there to get massacred again. It was, it, yeah. you know, there was going to be, after what happened, particularly in the uh, the second leg of the cha- the first leg of the Champions League se- uh, quarter last year, there was going to be something different done differently. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, I don't I don't know if Klopp could have predicted what it was, but it clearly it was clearly a response, and it clearly it, it worked as well as you could have reasonably expected it to. Um, as for whether it means that Liverpool aren't a threat in the medium term, I don't know about that either. Um, you know, if, if you have a club that has a good manager, good players, and a willingness to continue to improve, that's always going to be a threat, you know. City are obviously, were obviously on another level to the league last year. I think they're still a step above the rest of the league this season, although I'm basically certain that we're going to see a closer title race, because it's almost impossible for it not to be. Um but you know, I think I—they're not not a threat. But at the same time, if City handle their business, I think they'll—they should win the league again. I think this is entirely in City's hands, if that makes sense. Um, so I know I'm kind of—I know I'm kind of trying to play both sides of the fence on this answer, and I'm not sure if you agree with me or not. But you know, Liverpool are a threat if City slip. One hundred percent. But if City handle their business, then. I, I don't think anyone will finish above them. No, no, it seems unlikely, especially because Liverpool as a team tend to be streaky. It's really weird. Klopp can go out and just beat the brakes off a City team that, you know, for all intents and purposes is flying, just soaring. And then it's like they'll come back home and, like, lose to West Brom or something, you know, and it's just... It's all very weird, but I think there was a stunning stat that I've retweeted. Um, I don't know if I can find it on the old timeline. Let me see if I can pull this up. Okay, here it is right here. City's formed since April of 17. They played 54 games, have won 44, drawn another eight, only lost two, have four, or excuse me, have three, blah, have 150 goals for and only 35 against for a grand total of 140 points. So, that's nothing, that's nothing not really, just Pep having a lucky season. There's nothing really to say to that, is there? 
No, there's really not, dude. It's just like, holy shit, dude. Like, Pep truly is as advertised. He is as advertised. No doubt. And, um... Yeah. It's just a hell of a stat. I guess, yeah, I, I, don't, I honestly don't have anything to add to that. It just sort of speaks for itself. Um, Race it, solo quitter, you know? Yeah. Um, so the other part of that question, does it does it make Pep a better manager than Klopp? I, I think Pep's a better manager than Klopp, but it only because it comes down to accomplishments. Like, Klopp's never going to pull off a run like, you, like, like the one that you just... I, I, I think if you give Klopp the same players as Pep has, even at that point, Klopp won't pull off a run like Pep has. I, I think that's really all it comes down to. Yeah, no, I, I think that Pep is a better manager overall. But I'll tell you what, man. Um, I would take I would take Jurgen Klopp if something were to happen to Pep, you know? like When it became clear that toward the end of the 14-15 season when Pellegrini was floundering, they lost that derby, and that people were actually starting to talk, is he going to, you know, another terrible title defense, will they actually keep him? Um, and which was right around the same time that Klopp was leaving Dortmund. And, of course, at the time, there was no indication that Guardiola had decided yet to come to Manchester City, and I was just like, look... If you're not getting Guardiola, I said the same thing. Boot, boot this guy's bum out and bring Jurgen Klopp in right now. And obviously they knew things that we didn't, and it obviously it worked out. But he he would have been at the top of my list. Um, and I thought at the time that Liverpool got him, it was a coup on their part because, um, you know, it, it wasn't like Liverpool, aside from that one season under Brendan Rodgers, were regularly getting to the Champions League. Um, you know, and Klopp could have had his pick of the clubs, and he ended up going to Liverpool. And obviously, the results have borne out what a coup it was. And you know, it speaks to having a manager who has, you know, enough power to, you know, to guide the club in the direction he wants to guide it. Has the backing of the board and has a clear and coherent philosophy that he knows how to implement. Um. And that's always going to be it, right? Clear and coherent philosophy. Yeah, and that's we, what both, that's what seen, both of these men have in common. And it's not just to clubs who don't have that. And it's not just Jurgen, like, oh, I would prefer to play this way. Like, nah, man, like, this is his style. He came up with this style. Well, he didn't necessarily come up with it, but he adapted it and made it his own. Like, you know, not to get all American Idol on it, but he definitely did. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, it's... uh. I mean, you look at you look at sorry at, at at Chelsea. Even in his first year, and it's a guy who knows what he wants to do, is going and do it. And look at them—they're right at the top of the table. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think that's why the sun the game came off as a bit of a disappointment to some people because they were expecting another exhibition, and instead we got you know, two guys who spent ninety minutes feeling each other out. Um, <laughs> Because they're both really good at what they do, and uh, and that will happen sometimes. And sometimes you just have to deal with it. Um, I don't think there was any, you know, people. Everybody was so quick to, oh, look at him. He parked. There was no parking the bus going on. No, there wasn't. There any. Were, it was no. It was not an open game, but it was a controlled game. But I think it was like seven shots piece. Possession was fifty fifty. 
there was no, you know, it, this was not a, a park the bus situation. They, every everyone was clearly set up to, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's going to sound like I'm saying that teams that park the bus aren't trying to win, but everyone was clearly setting up to attack and win, but on their terms. Not, you know, not really like, oh, maybe we'll get lucky and spring counterattack. No, there was a clear, you know, City knew what they were doing. And they came there with every intention of winning. And they should have and nearly did win. Um, so let's get to that. Um, obviously, the main talking point ended up being the uh, the decision as to who the penalty taker was when City won that one. And I believe it was the 84th minute. Um why had Riyad Mahrez missed in his last competitive? I think was it four of six or something like that. Um, especially and 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 you had Gabriel Jesus lining up to take it, all ready to take it. Um, obviously, the decision was complicated because there wasn't a natural penalty taker on the pitch. Guerrero had come off about twenty minutes earlier, and if Guerrero's on, I think it ends up going to him. But. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna. When I, when I saw him stepping up, I was immediately like, "We're doing this, huh?" Not. It was not a choice that I think inspired a lot of confidence among the fans. I don't know how confident Riyad Mahrez felt stepping up. I cannot speak to, to that. I'm not in his mind. Right. But. You know, it wasn't like the the stereotype glassy-eyed. Oh my God, he's definitely going to miss this look. But at the same right. time, there was no like furrowed brow. Like I'm going to score, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. It was kind of in between. It was like he was kind of you know, maybe in two minds about it. And I, you know, and sometimes it, that'll happen to the best penalty taker because they get caught in between two minds. And, and, I, and I fully say right now, it's really easy to sit here and second guess this after he missed. If he makes it, then you know we're just sitting here talking about Riyad Mahrez as the hero. And there's you know, it's like Pep knew what he was doing. <laughs> I'm going to ask real quickly. Pep, it all Pep kind of, knew what he was doing all along. Who are we to doubt him? But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. When you look at Riyad Mahrez, how much do you think the anxiety was like, oh, crap, City haven't beaten Liverpool at on-field since they wore leather helmets. Uh, um, <laughs> I now have the penalty that can sink this and give us the win. Top of, you know... Uh, how much do you think that might have messed up Riyad Mahrez? Like, I would, I would add to it that this was his first real chance to generate a signature uh-huh. moment in a City shirt because he hasn't done. You know, he scored two goals against Cardiff, but the, he both of them came yeah. when the game was already over. Um, Cardiff. Yeah, it was a game they were already winning when he did it, and they were always going to win. This was different. This was another plane of existence. Um, and this is a guy who is obviously trying very hard, and he nearly scored earlier in the match, too. He missed by, you know, a, maybe two feet wide of the post. Um, but this is a guy who I think clearly, you know, th- this is not for, like, lack of character or lack of of determination on Riyad Mahrez's part. I think it's actually quite the opposite in that, you know, this is this. I think this is a guy who really wants to endear himself and prove himself at this level. Um you know, which is funny to talk about a guy who won PFA Player of the Year, but he did it at Leicester, and, you know, even after they won a title, you could say that Leicester were never particularly taken seriously. Um, and I think that that he, he yearns to be, you know, to, to make these moments and to be taken seriously as a top-level player, not that people don't, but I also think that there's still, you know, oh, yeah, he came from Leicester. 
Um, right, right. I think I think that I I think that was that might have been a factor as much as anything else. Or you know, it could just be that the guy is not an elite penalty taker, and there are some guys who are like that. And doesn't make them bad players. It just makes them ill-suited for that duty. Um, you know, it's 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 so frustrating because of what could have been. Um, but at the same time, top of the league. Yeah, it's, it's the like table. it's. I, I, as I sit here, almost a week later, I sit here and I'm like, I'm I'm just I'm not upset with Riyad Mahrez. I don't feel like. Oh, what a bottler. him in the dong. What a bottler. Like, oh, you can't handle it. Just, you know, I just, I, maybe, you know, maybe I'm just in a good mood or something, but I just cannot bring myself to feel that way. And I, I haven't felt that way. I really didn't. You set up a billboard proposal, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just, I can't, I, I, I just don't feel like, oh, he's not up for it. I think he's up for it. I think he. He was maybe either either he placed himself or was placed by someone else in a moment that that I think might have been a little bit ill suited to him at this stage of his city career. Um, and like I think, and this is not to defend anything because I do think it should have been a different penalty taker. But even if you take that into account, who would you have taken? There was not really an extremely logical, clear cut choice on the field if not for him. I mean. Obviously, Jesus wanted it, and I think Jesus would have been second choice. But you know, you're talking about 21 year old Brazilian, um, who's obviously played in difficult situations before. But that's not a guaranteed right. role if you put him at the spot. You know, Bernardo Silva. I like him. That was my first instinct was Bernardo Silva, but still not a guaranteed goal. And I saw people saying David Silva, ignoring the fact that for all of David Silva's immense talents, he's never been a great penalty sure. taker. That's what I was talking to somebody about on the timeline. They're like, you know, I want the Silvas, and I'm like, you know, when Silva's shooting, he has two left feet. Like, when he's dribbling, he's got eight. But when I think people have this vision of him just sort of, like, passing it in the back of the net. Like and like, place Iniesta type yeah. score. And I'm just like, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a goal if you put David Silva at the penalty spot. There's none whatsoever. I would have rather, if, honestly, I would have preferred Bernardo if it came down to those two. Yeah, um, same. But it's, you know, there's... Okay, this sort of, this, this brings up a good question. Given what we know now, who should be taking penalties going forward? I'm still mostly, I mean, Aguero's had his really bad runs in the past, but I'm still more or less comfortable when he steps up when he's on the pitch. Obviously, we ran into the problem where he wasn't on the pitch, so that decision was taken out of his hands. Um, And you've got these other guys who have made them for other clubs, but have never really taken them for City, like Fernandinho. Um, And, you know, maybe there's a reason behind that, but it's just... You know, when City had Yaya Toure, even when he wasn't playing, like last year, you know, you could always count, if Yaya Toure was on the pitch, Yaya was going to take the penalty, and Yaya was going to score the penalty. And even going back to Balotelli, who had a perfect record at City, you know, they they don't really have that one single natural logical, even taking into account the full roster, not just like the 11 at any time. Right. They don't really have that one logical, defi- definite, like you give him the ball and, you know, 99 out of 100 times he's going to be a goal. They don't really have that guy. Um and 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 that's, you know, it's not, it's not a problem with the squad construction, but it's 
it's I guess I call it a design flaw. You know, it's not it's not a backbreaking situation, and they have enough guys who you know you can you can put pretty you, you have enough guys who you can put someone on the field at all times, and you feel at least somewhat confident that you're going to get the outcome you want. But they you know not completely confident. Um, you know, and I'm, by no means am I suggesting that City should go out and buy a penalty taker for the sake of having a penalty taker. That's I think I think it's it's kind of. It's it's not it's, low on the list of concerns. It's frivolous at the very minimum. But it's you know it's 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 not a role that you need to buy someone for. It's just sort of something that you assess what you have, and usually you'll be able to find somebody. And I think Riyad Mahrez nails these things going forward. I really do. Like I don't think there's any shame in giving him another opportunity. I truly don't. I I I honestly think it would. You know, kind of sort of, I don't want to say the right thing to do, but you know how after a dude has a bad drop, the quarterback will come right back to him to get that confidence again? Or, or even if a quarterback throws, like, a bad interception, you're like, okay, you're going out there, you're throwing some more. you got to put it out of your mind. Um, because if you let this weigh on you, um, then it becomes an issue. So you got to nip it in the bud before it becomes an issue. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that they're smart enough so let's go to the question because we got a question about the penalty it's from Robert Washington he asks us Pep in the post-match interview clearly was unaware that Mars had missed five of his last eight PKs that's that's him citing the stat I have no reason to doubt him but um, and of course in competitive play not only was he unaware of that record but also showed a lack of confidence in his young striker Gabriel Jesus who was clearly eager to take the penalty what does that say about Pep um, to me, it says that he had seen Mars making a bunch of them in training and was like, look, if the, if the moment comes, this was clearly to me planned from the sideline. This was not like Riyad Mahrez marching up to Gabriel Jesus and saying, no, mine. Right. This was this clearly came from the touchline. Um, the machinations of this plan came from much higher up. Yeah, it was, this is clearly not a spur of the moment thing. That like they just decided in that moment. Oh, that's that's who's taking. It was clearly you know, and, and you know I think Aguero was always going to be taken off after about an hour because it's just something that Guardiola does. You know, it's I think I think it's a, it's a method of managing his fitness. There's been I think was it the foot maybe recently that he's been dealing with. Um, I think there's a lot of management going around around Aguero that he might not like, but I think he understands. Um, and 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 that leaves you with having to uh, form a contingency plan. Like, what if this scenario comes up in the last twenty thirty minutes when Aguero's off the pitch, we win a penalty. Who's going to take it? And I obviously think that cross Guardiola's mind, and this is what was the solution. Um, whether that was communicated to everyone, I don't know. It doesn't look like it was, considering Jesus's you know eagerness to step up there and do it. Um, and he outright apologized publicly and privately to him after the match. He said, look, I'm sorry. You know, maybe maybe I got this one wrong. And we've talked about, you know, before, Guardiola's not infallible. He's going to make bad decisions from time to time. It happens. Um, nobody's perfect. But I don't, I don't know that... I think that in the full grand scheme of things, Guardiola has shown enough confidence in Jesus to the point that he was at, has been at various points willing to bench Aguero for him. Mm-hmm. That I don't think that that Gabriel Jesus is going to turn around and say the manager has no confidence in me. I think it's clear that the opposite is the case. 
Um, and this is an isolated incident that he, you know, uh, I think that both Jesus and Guardiola wish had been done differently, but it wasn't. So here we are. Um, but I, I, I don't think, I think Jesus is mentally strong enough and that Guardiola has enough, you know, collateral, I guess I would say. He's paid it forward enough that Jesus is, is going to be aware that, you know, this is not an instance that demonstrates a lack of faith from the manager. Right, like, you could basically, this instance may come up again. Like, y'all need to just be prepared for it. This is something that Guardiola is looking at. Honestly, it makes more sense because uh, he was one of the primary penalty takers for Leicester. He's got a quality body of work. Um, I honestly just think that... Uh, you know, big game, first chance to win, new team. Yeah, I, I, it's just, <clears throat> you know, he he's he's on a new team. He's trying to learn the way they do things. Like, I don't blame Riyad Mahrez at all. It's just a sad disappointment. It's like, oh, what well, could have been. But there's still so much of this damn season left. Like, so very much. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of easy to walk out the <coughs> walk out the uh, uh, the guy that you think is going to make it based on the body of work that he's had from a previous club but that doesn't take into account how people are going to feel about it behind the scenes or in the locker room afterward especially after Mara's missed. I was actually kind of curious to see if there wouldn't be any uh even just a ribbing, like a gentle ribbing or something, just to kind of see like where this team's at. But yeah, no, they they uh, I, do you do you have confidence in Mares going forward? Is that something? Even though he missed today, if Pep decides to put Mares out there on a more frequent basis, is that fine by you? Yes, it is. I, I you know you see you see one moment define a career. Yep. Nope. Um. Yeah, it's. Unless it's a cake. <laughs> to be fair, Gaia had a lot of opportunities to recant the whole cake thing. Didn't happen. Um, yep. <laughs> with a, you know, I think, nah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's. I also think that City fans are smart enough that they're not going to uh, throw throw them under the bus in perpetuity over this um it's, it's a smart bunch it's a bunch that has known pain for a lot longer than most most fan bases have right um, and they're not gonna sit here and just feel like uh, this guy this guy's not up for it he's up to it um it's, it's not it's not something i worry about um it's it's frustrating it's disappointing and frankly i think if anything guardiola might have thought he was protecting jesus by not putting him in that situation and putting a more experienced player in his spot instead. Mm. Just like, you know, that that it would be easier perhaps for Mares to just sort of shake off a miss than it would be for Jesus. I'm, I'm not, I'm speculating here. That might have gone into his thought process, but it wouldn't surprise me if that did go into his thought process. Yeah, I totally understand what the psychology of what you're saying. And, and you know, it's quite possible that Pep was trying to, to, to shield Jesus, you know? These are big moments, and, and if you have something like that, like, if it had been Raheem Sterling and he missed it, like, oh, good lord. Ugh. 
dude, just. I think it, I think it would have come down to it, and if that was the scenario, Guardiola would have gone out on the pitch and physically restrained Sterling from taking the penalty. The problem is, like, is that Sterling has almost as much money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I just don't know what you do in a situation like that. But, but I, I do think, I think that that if there is an element of protection, uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, man. Like Raheem Sterling, when he goes, like this was really the first solid game he's had even though he didn't find the score sheet in any way um you know it, he was not a black it, hole no he no and, and and that's sort of a stepping stone for Manchester City moving forward is that uh, you know prior to that Liverpool was just getting the best of them and in particular Raheem Sterling there was it was pretty hard to deny the fact like if somebody came out and said to either me or you, hey, Liverpool are in Raheem Sterling's head, yes or no, you would have said... I, I'd buy it, yeah. Okay. Or at least Anfield. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Okay. Hey, yeah, so that's kind of my point, is, is that, you know, we it was a risk even starting Sterling now that they have more options uh, in the attacking midfield. Um, but Sterling acquitted himself very well, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. Let's let's kind of move on from this subject and talk about. Let's briefly touch on the international break, um, and then we can kind of conclude with uh, where we think City is at this at this particular point, and we'll get out of here. Do we do we answer everyone else's questions? We have one more question. That's okay, hit, hit me with it. Okay, hit. let's do it now. Um, this is from Ethan Maurice. Imagine yep. Vi- imagine Vinny says next year is his last. Who's our twenty twenty captain? I would say Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, that would be my guess. My educated yep. guess. Kevin De Bruyne or Sergio Aguero? Yeah, I, I'm guessing that you know 2020 Aguero is already on halfway out the door. Yeah, that's true. Want to give it to someone who's a year left at most, so. Right. Um, yeah, Aguero. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I would think De Bruyne would would be for me. I mean, he's he's pretty much already becoming like the face of the Premier League in the midfield. Like, so yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Oh God, I love Kevin De Bruyne. I just have this ridiculous man crush. Another on him. underrated uh, aspect of Sunday's result is that they went to Liverpool without arguably that's the best true. player, and um, should have won. That if that doesn't really, you know, if that's not a warning shot toward the rest of the league, then I don't know what is. Right, like we can beat your ass even without our players. We'll leave them home. They haven't really missed him that much. Have I mean they've missed him in certain no. aspects, but the results. You know, there were a couple, but in general, the results haven't dipped without him, and I just think it t- talks speaks to what a well-oiled machine these guys are. Um, but, yeah, uh, I am happy to hit on whatever you want to hit here as we wind this down. Um, um, and, I don't know and, a lot about the international break. I just know that um, I believe Gabriel Jesus scored today. Good. That's all I know. I know a lot of the guys aren't there. Then the heck, half the team skipped out on it, which I obviously I'm totally fine with. 
You do what you got to do, right? Uh-huh. What, my bread and butter is coming from a club. I'm saving my body for the club, especially with this new lame-ass League of Nations crap. Like, I'm not going to go out there and get my body injured in this damn thing. Like... What, what you mean, I can I can miss out on all sorts of bonus-inducing offers because I got taken out by the right back from Azerbaijan, you know? Like, thanks, but no thanks. I, yeah, I just, I haven't watched any of it. Um, Sounds very good. I get that. I like the idea. It's just not I will good. say one thing that has made me very bitter is uh, Jaden Sancho debuting for England. Mm, yes. Uh, it's... That one's gonna that one's gonna sting for a little while. Yeah, bittersweet. And I know he had his reasons. Um, obviously, it's worked out for him. Uh, but you know, what's done is done. Done. But um, all right, so uh, why don't we briefly go over? So for those who don't know at home, why don't we briefly go over the list of who's not playing so that they can get that info from this year's show. So the list is as follows, and I'm citing this from the City Chief account. Um, Aguero, Mendy, Laporte, Delph, Gundogan, Silva, Fernandinho, and De Bruyne. A lot of them because of injuries or minor injuries. I think a couple others might have pulled out. I'm not sure. I haven't followed it that closely because it just can't be bothered. But obviously, that's a lot of key names. And um, (laughs) I'm good with it. I'm totally good with it. Yeah, it, it, I that is a healthy number of people, uh, and I use healthy in its most pure form. That is a healthy set of players that will remain healthy, <laughs> barring any like, um, damn, what was that dude's name? Why am I why am I drawing a blank now? Uh, he played for your Tigers. Guitar Hero injury. Joel Zumaya. Joel Zumaya, yes. Barring any Joel Zumaya incidents, like, should be good. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's, uh, big, big set of, uh, big set of games, I believe, coming up after the break. Uh, Pretty much no matter how you hack it. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, let's just go over the upcoming fixtures and then we can wrap this up. Um, you know, they host Burnley. Burnley are in poor form. That should be a nice, straightforward um, a win at home. If they go away to Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League, if they win that, they're pretty well poised. Uh, away, to, away to Tottenham, you know, at Wembley, it's always a tough game, but, you know, I think they have enough about them. Tottenham aren't pressing this year to me. Yeah, Tottenham are not, not quite what they were, I don't think. And then you got a run of... Uh, Four straight home games before the last international break. Uh, Fulham, Southampton, Shakhtar, Donetsk, and Manchester United. It's not a bad list. It's not. Um, and, and, you know... And another reason to make Jose Mourinho pissed off and... I need Jose to stick around until November 11th. I was I, I just... I'm just going to put... Do you buy into the rumors that the club were going to sack him? Because I don't. No. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think they'd have the balls. You know, this whole, when you see someone, oh, they're sacking win or lose, it's like, the first question I have to ask about a report like that is then, well, okay, why are they waiting? Yeah, if they're going to sack him win or lose. If, if they're going to sack him, then why haven't they already sacked him? 
Yeah. <laughs> this, all, this all seems much ado about nothing if you really want it gone. That 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 line of reporting alone is enough to make me sit and be like, hmm, you know, not sure I buy it. Yeah. Um, I, I am I am right there with you, kind you know, sir. If they had lost that if they hadn't come back in that game against Newcastle and they'd have sacked him, then I would you know, well, that's because they just completely crapped the bed against one of the worst sides in the league at home. But they came back and won, and I don't think you can sack them after that because, you know, as comically as Man United have been run in many ways in the last few years, I think even that's a line that they're not going to cross. They'll they'll wait till they have a result that excuses it. Um, yeah. And like frankly, you know. Down in the – like, and here's the other if, thing. If Where he holds on till the Derby, and they got, a, they got a tough set of fixtures coming up too. He's got to go to Chelsea after the break. Then he's got Juve twice, home and away, um, and then he's got to go to City. So, you know, it's that set of games, I think if they keep doing poorly, I think that City might end up being the nail in his coffin, which would be... God. See, who, who would you even have him, repl- who would you have replace him? This is my question. It's not my concern, but it's a fair no. question. <laughs> No, but I'll always stand by the rule is that if you're going to fire somebody, there better be somebody else out there who can do a better job. Give it to Giggsy. Who? I'm being sarcastic. Give it to Giggsy. For for all the rumors about Zidane, they seem rather one-sided. Yeah, I don't think Zidane wants anything to do with Manchester United. There's no upside for him. All he can do is diminish his legacy. Right now, he didn't have the epic run that Pep had, but he brought home back-to-back-to-back Champions League trophies, and I don't really know what else you can ask of a first-time manager. It's just, you know... I think that at that club, they're in a state of flux until they figure out, like, are they actually going to hire a director of football, and if so, who? That's what you need to do first, because after that, then that's that's where you're setting your philosophy up. That's where it starts to come from. Um, and then after that, you need to hire a manager who's going to buy into it, because what the, the biggest problem is that they've gone from manager to manager to manager, let them invest as they see fit, and then you suddenly have the new manager inheriting a bunch of deadwood that does him no good anymore having to spend all that money to bring in his own players, and then as soon as Mourinho goes, you're going to have half the half the, half the the lineup that's going to be like, oh, I don't need these guys anymore. Like, okay. you, you and I both know that the only thing keeping Marouane Fellaini at Man United is that Mourinho has a very strange love of him and everything he does. The second Mourinho leaves Man United, Fellaini is going to be put on the transfer list. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, it's going to be a lot of that. And it's, it's like, you know, and you've got all these players who are in a holding pattern, like you hear, oh, Martial will stay, but only because he thinks Mourinho is going to go. And Pogba's going to stay, but only because he thinks Mourinho is going to go. And it's just like, you know, if anything, you have to provide some clarity on that situation one way or the other. Um, yeah. You certainly need to at least address it and, like, give the I mean, players... obviously, publicly, all they're saying is, yeah, he has the confidence of the board. And, you know, and we know he, how those go. You know, all it takes is, is a couple, you know... On the other hand, they held on with LVG far longer than I thought they would, too, so... Mm. You know, there were, there were rumors around Christmas 2015 that LVG was on the way out, and he actually made it to the end of the season and won the FA Cup. And they only sacked him after he missed Champions League. But I don't know. I, I Frankly, my position has always been as long as Ed Woodward is calling the shots at Man United, we're okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Because these um, problems go well beyond Jose Mourinho. So let me hit you. Let me hit you with two me, last questions. Give me two last questions. Go for it. And we'll, and we'll get the hell out of here. Okay. So give me your assessment of Manchester City slash the top four or five at this particular stage in the season. City are right where they should be, right where they need to be. I have no real concerns about them whatsoever. Even the points that they've dropped in the Premier League, you can make a very good argument. They should have won both games. Um, Champions League form will play itself out, um, but, you know, I think they have the the group to get through it, and then after that, it all comes down to the draw, doesn't it? Um, so I don't really have any real concerns about, about, about City right now. Um, they're, they're right on track. Uh, fewest goal, joint fewest goals allowed, most goals mm-hmm. allowed. They've, I honestly think they're defending better this year than they did last year. Laporte! Laporte yeah. is Laporte settling in and becoming a force. Laporte and Stones for the next 10 years, buddy. Oh my god, this um, is such a great battery. Liverpool, I you know I like them. I think they're going to hang around for a long while, but they've also been prone to those bad results that they're going to have to avoid if they want to be serious title contenders. Same thing for Chelsea. Well, I like the way they're playing, but they've also shown some weaknesses, like that Arsenal game where they went up and then they almost blew it. Um, Arsenal don't have the staying power. I don't know how they're in fourth. They they just they don't have they don't have what it takes. Is um, it still memory? Yep. Uh, Tottenham, I haven't been impressed by them, but they've always been better later in the season than they have been early in it, so maybe something will happen. And I just, you know, as long as Mourinho's running, calling the shots at United, I just don't see them shaking off that malaise. So that's kind of where I'm at. I, you know, I think, I don't think Chelsea will last as a, as a title contender. I think Liverpool will last longer. Um, but, you know, any anything can happen. But I think City are well poised at this state. All right, and then my final question. After the international break, it is largely going to be assumed that City will have a full-strength squad. Uh, The chirping is already out and about regarding Senor De Bruyne, and uh, I know uh, that when you heard that news, you were just as giddy as myself, because who can't not be giddy around Kevin De Bruyne? Um, but without fawning over him too much, who do you think is going to have a, I don't want to say like a tremendous comeback because that's not the word I'm looking for. Who do you think is going to come out of the break ready to feast? Like, was there somebody going into the break that you think was just right there? And then when they come out of it, not only are they going to pick up, but they're going to crush. Is there somebody like De Bruyne that you think is going to come back and show the league like, okay, I'm back, bitches. You know, what, what, how do you see it going down? I know this is a dangerous prediction to make, and it's been made by many people, but I really, truly think that Guardiola has finally cracked Sané's skull and gotten through to him. Um. And and he's he has what it takes to go on a tear. He won the penalty at Liverpool. He was a constant threat. He's been a constant threat lately. It looks like it's finally gotten through to him, at least for the moment. Obviously, these things can come and go, but at least for the moment, he seems motivated. He seems to know what he needs to do, and he seems to be in good form. So that's where I'm going with this. I like that. I like that. Um, 
I would either have Sané or I think Bernardo Silva. I think Bernardo's building up ahead of steam, and and when Bernardo tends to build that it's up, it's gonna be hard to take him out of the lineup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's he sets something. Up, he sets up some special stuff when when the little man is in there, man. All I'll say is it's an embarrassment of riches, and I have no problem with it. <laughs> uh, well, crap, man. I think that we've covered just about everything, don't you? Is there is there any last notes? I'm, uh, I'm good. We will come back after the international break, rested and ready. Hell yeah, dude. Should be a good stretch coming up. A lot of home games, a couple a rivalry game and a big away game against Tottenham. I'm looking forward to it. They're playing well. I have no complaints right now, and I I just I'm looking forward to seeing them in action again. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. We will talk to you again soon. You can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. We will keep taking your questions. You can search for us on iTunes, um, American Citizens. You can subscribe to us there and get the podcast delivered. Tell us about our sponsor because I still don't have it down. Uh, Spreaker. Spreaker slash blog talk radio. Whatever it is these days. So that's them. For Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. We will talk to you again soon. Have a great weekend and week and everything. Um, uh, by the way, if you can donate some extra money to uh, the charity of your choice to help with the hurricane relief down there, um, I think we both strongly recommend you do that. Yeah. A worthy cause. So, a very um, worthy cause. Especially for our yeah, UK see. listeners who might not be as in tune with what's happening around here. Um, Florida got a really, really nasty hit from a really, really nasty hurricane. Um, and they need a lot, need a lot of help. Category store four before it hit. Almost five, yep. And it just destroyed Florida. And I'm not saying that in like, uh, humor, haha, it's funny. Like, it, it, the wreckage is surreal, man. Just the photos of it were surreal. Uh, you know, one of the lasting images of the hurricane, and I'll be real quick here, was the the weatherman who was trying to give his report when the gusts kicked in and it blew him away. But were it not for the quick thinking of a uh, another reporter who grabbed him and then anchored him to like a light post, like it was it was pretty nuts, man. Like you know you. Until you've experienced these things, you really don't understand the raw, the raw force of nature that is a hurricane. Like, there's just no, there is no comparison, dude. I'm sorry. There's just, there's not one out there. Um, so if you can find and donate and help people get back some of what for many people is their entire life having been uprooted, um, I know that these families would greatly appreciate it. Anyway, that is all we had. Uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a good one, everybody. Peace.